it's challenging to go through things. And a lot of when imposter syndrome comes up is when we're doing something new. And normalizing the fact that new means it takes time. You're not going to, one, you're never going to know everything. And I think accepting that is a big part of it. <laughs> and knowing that becoming competent or feeling like an expert in a certain area comes with time. And so again, just normalizing, it's okay to talk about, I'm not where I want to be yet. Every epic adventure needs a treasure map. And every career journey needs a purpose and strategy. So let's take this trek together. This is your career GPS. Welcome back to Your Career GPS, the podcast designed to help teens, young adults, college students, and new grads navigate their personal career journey. The last couple of weeks have been absolutely sensational, and what I've really, really appreciated about the value of the guest contributions over the last couple of weeks have just been the personal testimonies, the stories, the 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 realism that comes through in uh, so many of the different things that we've talked about regarding authenticity and dealing with uh, adversity and overcoming, um, you know, different challenges that we encounter in our careers, particularly early on. And we have an amazing continuation uh, of a lot of that. And we're really breaking down an important discussion today, which is imposter syndrome. And this is something that impacts so many people at so many different levels of their career, but particularly early on. And, and we have an incredible guest here today that I'm so excited about that can really help us understand uh, this concept a little bit better and really find ways to be able to work through it. So my guest today I'm so excited to have is Andrea Jacob Masick. She is a career coach and the founder of AIM Consulting. She is the career coach and strategist for recent grads and young professional women. She helps them launch and land successful careers. With a decade of work experience, Andrea has a dynamic background in career development, human resources, healthcare operations, and project management. She holds a master's degree in industrial organizational psychology and a bachelor's degree in psychology. She's also certified in project management through the PMI Institute. And so... I encourage all of you, if you haven't yet, definitely connect with her on LinkedIn. That's Andrea Jacob Masick, Y-A-C-U-B-M-A-C-E-K on LinkedIn. So welcome, Andrea. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Wow, that was uh, quite the introduction. And wow, talk about imposter syndrome. I haven't had anybody read my bio back to me in quite some time. <laughs> so we can dig into all that shortly. But thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share um, my insight and wisdom on this really important topic. Absolutely. And it was one of the reasons why I actually reached out directly to Andrea is um, specifically for this topic, because I knew that uh, she would be able to really lend some incredible uh, nuggets of wisdom. And uh, so we'll really talk about what kind of uh, enthralled me in her uh, work on this topic and, and, and all of that. But Andrea, just to get our listeners a little bit more acquainted to you and learn a little bit more about your background, I was hoping you could share a little bit about your personal journey and really what led you to your uh, current position uh, as a career coach. 
Yeah. So as you talk about on your podcast and is the theme, it's, it is a journey. And so I hopped in the car towards my career, did not know where I was going to end up uh, because it took a lot of twists and turns and changes. Um, but if we go way back, I'll give a high level recap. I started my career um, in undergrad. I was pre-med and then quickly realized that was not the right path for me. And through a series of conversations and different discovery opportunities, I decided to do something else and then got my bachelor's in psychology and then moved on to get my master's in business psychology, which is the three long words you said my degree are. <laughs> um, and then I found myself in a position to pivot again immediately and, and, and unexpectedly. Um, I graduated in 2008 with my master's degree and much like recent grads are experiencing now, the market was very unfavorable at the time. And I did not I did not know that, did not anticipate that. So I networked my way into higher education and networking was the most critical skill I've used throughout my entire career to pivot along the way, which we can talk about if we get there. Um, but started off then in higher education, unexpected um, opportunity and loved, loved, loved that job so much. That made a huge impression on me um, and then came back to it full circle now with my coaching business. But in that 13-year period from that start to where I am now, um, moved on from higher education after a few years, went into healthcare, had a great career there, did a few different things, including HR. I was an HR business partner, did operations, also did project management, and then um, was uh, laid off from a corporate position in 2019. And before that layoff, I was really getting excited to go back into the career development space and um, just decided it was the shove I needed after the layoff mm -hmm. to jump into entrepreneurship, into a new unknown, a new pivot and launch my, my career, my career coaching practice, which is now I have the huge benefit and luxury and such a blessing to be able to coach other women to help them launch fulfilling careers for themselves. Wow, such an impressive, uh, impressive <laughs> background. And uh, I didn't know that about you, that actually you had kind of started out with this, um, this medical kind of thing in mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of, um, I actually also have a, a fraternal twin sister who is a doctor. Um, so we were going down that path, uh, seemingly together. But you know, after just really looking at myself and what I wanted to do, I realized the long road ahead to go into a medical practice, and it just wasn't the right fit for me. Um, but yeah, I worked a long time in healthcare. And now I say I'm a career doctor. I'm still a doctor, <laughs> but in a very different way. <laughs> That's yeah. a fantastic hook. I love that. <laughs> And um, major kudos to, you know, another psychology graduate. Woohoo. All right. Yeah. <laughs> don't so, minimize your degree. If you're out there seeking psychology, absolutely. don't minimize it. It is a really important degree. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Very versatile. And um, so I, I think one of the things that I really appreciate about where you've been and what you've done is um, that you have had that versatility. You have had a, a number of different pivots and you've obviously, you know, found your way into a point of, of success. You've done an, a, a superb job in, in really solidifying um, a great presence for yourself, a great brand. Um, you're doing brilliant work from what I've come to to learn. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I certainly know that based on other things that 
that it probably didn't always start that way. And so really what attracted me to, to Andrea and really what uh, got me interested in her story a little bit was a post that you recently shared um, some time ago on LinkedIn. And, and that post really resonated with some people. I mean, um, you had quite a lot of comments and, and, and personal testimonies that came from that post. And, and it was all about this topic of imposter syndrome. And, and it had to do with what success can look like on the outside and but what it can feel like on the inside. So I was hoping you could just talk a little bit more about that post and what prompted it and, uh, and, and uh, what it means for you. Yeah, thank you. So I, I want to, in full transparency, just share that I am not an expert Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of like certification or studying imposter syndrome, this is definitely all come from, you know, 37 years of life experience. And as you mentioned, pivoting and navigating my own career. And now as a coach, I have the opportunity to meet a lot of other experts in this, in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, but just a quick, uh, definition is, you know, imposter syndrome is defined by very well mind, um, as an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you. And so that post stemmed from the post um, that you're referring to on LinkedIn was designed to share a peek behind the curtain, essentially, of when we say success, what that actually means, (laughs) what that looks like, what that feels like, because better, worse, or indifferent as a society, I think we really um, put a lot of value on the glitter and the glam, I call it, at the other end of what the outcome looks like after you've reached what you feel is your definition of success. But we don't often <clears throat> look at the, the long hours, the imposter syndrome we feel, mm. the, in, you know, the stress and the emotion and all of the hard work that comes along with that. So that post, I really wanted to be transparent and vulnerable with my audience and share that, you know, I'm here now and you're seeing the culmination of a lot of work and you're seeing a successful entrepreneur and coach, but mm. that's not how it's always been. And in that post, I shared, you know, how much work my husband helps me do for the business and in our personal life, you know, the support I have from my coaches, from my friends, from my family. So, you know, it really does take a village if you're going to be successful to let people in. And then just again, to share that it's not easy and it doesn't mean that it can't be fun, um, but there's going to be challenges. And I just, I'm a very real, you know, like you said, authentic person. And I appreciate you saying that I don't ever want to pretend that getting to where you want to be is something that it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think one of the things that that certainly resonated for me in that was how much is is relatable. And in terms of no matter where you're at in, in, in your particular career journey, if you're just starting out or, or you're in the position that you're at now, which is, um, you know, fairly established, but I'm sure you've got bigger goals that you you can be hit by this, um, no matter where you're at in in that process. And, and I love how you kind of point, uh, you know, uh, pointed to the fact that we we just a lot of times we get fixated on what we see as the outcome and that that shiny mm-hmm. trophy at the end, and <laughs> we don't see the work that goes involved in it. You know. Yeah, and I want to normalize that process you know, for, for recent grads and young professionals, and no matter what stage of life that you're at, that it's perfectly normal to feel that vulnerability, to feel imposter syndrome, to feel that you're not competent as the definition says, or as 
capable as other people might think you are. And that's okay, but I don't want that to deter people or defeat them. You know, there's ways that you can work through that, which I know that we'll talk about. Sure, sure. So I want to just kind of break this down a little bit more in terms of um, your particular challenges. And and I, I hope you don't mind getting a little bit personal with this a little bit. But, no. you know, you talked a little bit about the fact that this um, this did impact you quite a bit early on in your career. So I was kind of hoping mm-hmm. that you could elaborate a little bit more on, you know, what your past experiences were uh, with imposter syndrome as you were um, beginning your journey. Sure. No, I'm happy. I'm happy to share because I think when we (laughs) not think I know when we have these types of conversations, it gives other people permission to work through that and to know it's okay to feel this and to get to the other side of it. Mm -hmm. So it really started. And like I will say, I did not know when I was in my 20s that imposter syndrome was a term. I just knew how I was feeling. (laughs) I didn't know to label it as this until a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So I think the first example I can remember of feeling this way was coming out of high school into college. I think like a lot of, a lot of recent grads, even in that stage of life is a, you know, if you're a great student, if you're, um, you know, doing extracurriculars, you're in a community that's supporting you. And then you're stepping out into a new phase of life and you feel like you're starting over again. And in some ways you are because you're going to the next phase. So I felt it then in terms of, okay, I've been this rock star student and, you know, I'm a leader in my class and now I'm going to college into this massive school. And where am I going to be? And then that happened again when I switched my major. When I dropped the pre-med track, imposter syndrome was amplified more than I ever expected. Mm. You know, I thought competence to me at that point in my life meant becoming a doctor. And I didn't understand how I was going to become competent for myself or to other people without achieving that goal. Mm. So that was that was really hard. I mean, in terms of experiencing not only imposter syndrome, but stress and anxiety through that time of trying to figure things out was hard. Um, And also what comes along with imposter syndrome too is comparison. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I love my sister dearly. We're, we're best friends, but you know, the built in comparison of being a twin is Mm -hmm. is there and that was real. And, you know, she was continuing on the pre-med track and she's a very successful doctor with her, with her career now. Um, but that was hard for me. Um, and that, um, fed into the cycle of imposter syndrome I was feeling as well. So that was a, an early example of when I felt that and, um, was trying to process those feelings and that feeling of incompetence that came from that decision. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I, I think when you're kind of talking about the fact that you have somebody that, you know, <laughs> is your sister, uh, you, I mean, you know, you're side by side going, going through life. Yeah. It, it, it's virtually impossible. How can you not, you know, uh, take an inventory of, of what they're doing, mm-hmm. particularly, particularly since it actually was your initial plans, you know, and, uh, and that makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of times, uh, you know, we can get very, very fixated on a belief about this particular career path and what it means for my worth, you know? Yeah. And that's something that is an important topic that I coach my clients on is understanding the importance of, yes, you need a plan. And I coach on that, you know, having an action plan and setting smart goals, but it's even more important to allow yourself the flexibility to change your mind. And there's a 
strategic way to do that. You know, I'm not advocating job hopping, um, <laughs> but you know, if I you know use my career as an example and illustrate, I pivoted successfully five times over the course of 13 years, but it was thoughtful. You know, I was leaning into certain experiences and priorities in my life at the time that were driving those decisions. So one of the big things I think when it comes to imposter syndrome is you know, to your point, don't, don't let that define you and determine your competence, you know, process the feelings, but know that you have options and there's ways that you can give yourself evidence that you are competent. And we can talk about that later. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. So you mentioned a, a great word, which is normalizing. And I think that's, that's the, one of the goals of this particular podcast today is that we do want to normalize this. Um, and, I certainly have uh, a lot of experience with this myself, but I wanted to sort of ask you in, in terms of thinking now to your work with, with your clients dealing with this yourself, what do you think the reasons are that this is so prevalent? I mean, when we really look at it, I mean, everybody has a story related to this. Mm -hmm. why, why does it seem to be so prevalent? Um, so in my opinion, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like I said, really the lack of conversation um, in all different manners. So within your family, with your friends, on social media, um, even in, meet, in uh, entertainment, right? Of the normalization of it's challenging to go through things. And a lot of when imposter syndrome comes up is when we're doing something new. Mm -hmm. And normalizing the fact that new means it takes time. You're not going to, one, you're never going to know everything. And I think accepting that is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and knowing that becoming competent or feeling like an expert in a certain area comes with time. And so again, just normalizing, it's okay to talk about, I'm not where I want to be yet, or I'm in the process of getting to where I want to be. And here's how hard it is, or these are the steps that I'm taking and normalizing that process and also normalizing that it's okay to take your time and getting somewhere. And you are allowed to define your levels of competence and expertise. And I want people to really lean into creating internal evidence for themselves rather than external evidence. And so what I mean by that is um, your audience, you know, they're young professionals and, you know, that's the client base I work with as well. Mm -hmm. We are socialized typically in an educational setting to lean into external validation, right? So the grades, yes. the feedback from your teachers, from mm -hmm. your coaches, right? And that creates the cycle of validation and then competence. Mm -hmm. And then it's flipped completely when you enter the professional world. Um, your boss is not <laughs> going to praise you all the time and give you grades, Amen. right? You have to <laughs> yes. figure out what that feedback looks like. And then it then creates a new cycle of imposter syndrome, typically, that mm. I'm not getting that validation. So how do I know that I'm competent? Mm -hmm. um, and I keep saying that word again, because that's the, the word that was used in the definition. Yes. So creating, again, normalizing how you figure out you're competent and that you are capable is a big part of normalizing this conversation and letting people know that you can feel this way. 100%. So I hope all of you are listening to this because Andrea is <laughs> dropping truth bombs here. <laughs> this I, mean, I call, it, I call yeah. it preaching moments with my clients, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So one of the things that you said in there, which is very profound, is the fact that as we work our way through school, and this is 
this is a bigger issue for another day. But as <laughs> as we work as we work our way through school, we we get consistent reinforcements um, about the job that we're doing, and uh, we get that validation on a consistent basis through our grades, through our um, you know the feedback from our instructors and from our advisors and. And and we hear that very, very consistently. Then when we enter into the work world, it suddenly dries up. And now it's like, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> how am I doing over here? And, you know, and, yeah. and, and so it, it, it can be um, it can be a very quiet experience to kind of go through that. And, and as you said, it's, it's about having those conversations and about um, being able to realize that you know, that is a part of it. And, um, and, you know, we have the ability now to seek, you know, these uh, words of encouragement from our mentors and realize that, you know, that we are growing. We're still, we're, we might be doing it a little bit more quietly, but we're still growing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other piece of that, that you um, made me think of when you were just saying that is normalizing getting support. Mm-hmm. So you and I, I know, you come from a therapy background. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not a therapist, but I'm a firm believer in therapy. (laughs) You know, I'm fine to say that I'm going to therapy for off and on for 10 years. I think it's critical that we also normalize to your point, getting support and having these conversations with trusted individuals. And a lot of the support that I give to my clients is the space, the space to have these types of conversations and bring real life conversation to me in our sessions and say, you know, I had this come up with my teammate or my boss today or a colleague, you know, how am I, how do I work through these things? So a lot of the coaching I do is on this topic and helping them work through those situations where it comes up and then how the tools and strategies to, to get over that and for them to go forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing too, that I, I think you said that was also very, very deep yet very truthful is the times and the situations where we're going to deal with this more is really when we're in our stretch zones, when we're pushing past our comfort zones and, and trying to do things that are really uh, to advance ourselves in some way. And so it's a natural byproduct that you're you're pushing the boundaries of of what you're capable of this particular moment that you're going to have this this self doubt that that creeps in, and so. I think one of the major takeaways for all of our listeners is that is important to remember when you get that self-doubt that's kind of creeping up, that means that you're actually still growing because you're doing something that's pushing you a little bit farther along. And um, so it's a maybe a helpful reframe just to, to kind of think about. No, that's, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So let me ask you now in terms of your work with clients and, and uh, helping people work through it and in and, and your own experiences, you know, what are maybe some of those ways, some of the strategies that you have been able to um, successfully navigate through that and you can now you know, pass along uh, to the people that you work with? Yeah, thank you for asking. So one of my favorites and I think one of the most powerful is a win journal. Mm. So, or also what I call an evidence journal. So as I mentioned earlier, or and what you just said too, when you're in those stretch zones, those areas of growth and experiencing something new for the first time, whether you're seasoned like me and you've been through a few jobs or you're just starting out, that's when the vulnerability creeps in. Mm. And that's when we go into that cycle of imposter syndrome and self-doubt. So giving yourself a way to reflect 
on what you've done well and how how you did that, what actions you took, what skills did you use is really powerful because as I mentioned earlier, then you're creating your own evidence and you're not relying on someone else's evidence for you to feel competent. So a win journal does just that. So I do this daily and I have my clients do this daily as well. You can do it weekly or monthly to start, but just getting in the practice of at a frequent pace, giving yourself a way to reflect on what you've done. And this can be, I hate to say the word small because there really is no small win. I think all wins are, are valid, um, but it could be something as small as, you know, I got up 15 minutes earlier than I normally do because I'm trying to get work done or get a workout in or do my wind journal or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. So something as simple as that is something you can write down. And then when you're showing yourself as you're capable of change, you're capable of trying new things, you're capable of doing something new. And not only is this evidence for yourself in battling imposter syndrome and overcoming imposter syndrome, but bonus is a (laughs) really great track record for when Mm -hmm. you are in a job or interviewing for a job and want to give examples of your work or things you've done well or skills that you have. If you want to update your resume you're asking for a promotion, it then becomes evidence for a lot of different pieces of your career that you can use. Wow. Wow. Such a, a, a beautiful way to summarize something that it can be an extremely powerful. And it's a, it's a, a really, really great way to, as you said, take ownership of even the smallest successes that you have, because, you know, when you're able to kind of look at the totality there, you can actually see, wow, throughout the week, look at everything that I did. Yeah. And, you know, the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, as they say. And um, it can really be a, a profound, you know, uh, awakening to really see those kind of things play out. And then the other part, I think, is a is an important take home for for all the listeners, too, is these are all uh, elements to add to the resume. These are things that you can articulate in interviews, you know, and, and it's great to be able to sort of have those things top of mind because going in and, and, you know, actively job searching when you're feeling low and feeling like you don't have anything of value is certainly going to hold you back a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a good place to be. And the other thing, if I could jump in and add one more thing is, uh, my my coach has reinforced this for me and I do this for my clients as well is then you also become connected to the process yes. rather than the outcome. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of imposter syndrome that I hear from my clients too, is we get so attached to, I got the job, I got the title, I got the raise, I got, mm-hmm. you know, I move, whatever the case may be, the outcome is rather than reflecting and really rooting yourself. And it's a consistent behavior of doing the actual process of getting to where you want to be. That's even more important. And that's also when we talk about taking a full circle in terms of norm- normalizing this mm-hmm. conversation is also normalizing that it's not all about the win. It's not all about the outcome. It's also mm-hmm. looking at everything you've done which is the wind journal there of, I took all these baby steps to get me to the big step, but the baby steps are just, if not equally, if not more important than the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a wonderful way to put that. And for particularly um, students, you know, that are, 
you know, grinding their way through college right now, I think there's an important take home here. And, and that is success is not a cataclysmic event. It is attending class every day. It's meeting with your instructor. It's the the all nighters. It's the refusing to to go to a party one particular night because <laughs> yeah. you got to get a project done. I, it's it's the consistent daily commitments to you know, getting that degree, uh, I think that add up. And that's exactly what, what Andrea is kind of talking about here is just, you know, staying, staying on top of that on a consistent basis. And yeah, I love that. So, um, as we, uh, start kind of closing in a little bit on, uh, on today's episode, one of the things that we've kind of got in the habit of doing throughout this podcast is touching on, something, a, a valuable piece of advice um, from all of our guests. And for you in particular, I was kind of hoping you could shed light on, you know, what is a, a piece of advice that you would pass along uh, to the next generation who are starting their careers in, in terms of maybe something that you wish that you knew when you were yeah. starting? <laughs> oh my gosh, does that make me feel old? <laughs> from the next generation. I, I'm the, we're the same age, so we're the know, same I, age. I'm, I know. I'm, it's a, I it's feel a, you. <laughs> it's a blessing to be old. I'll just say that. I'm not even old. It's, we're 37. We're young. Right, we're young. Right. Um, there you go, guys. It's a peek into imposter syndrome about my age, <laughs> um, or insecurity rather. Um, right. It's something I would tell my 20-something self: is just slow the heck down. Mm-hmm. We're and this is something my mother says to me all the time: is we're we're in a rush. We just want to be there already, whatever there may be, right? The goal that we're working towards. And again, I'm a huge advocate of goals. Obviously, that's part of my business is setting goals and helping people achieve them. But slow down, you know, really take the time if you're in school right now or you're starting your career to figure out who you are and all of the value that you already have. And, you know, don't keep chasing new things, really take the time to figure out what it is that you have. So you can strategically and thoughtfully align yourself to new things. Because the thing I hear the most is I want to be fulfilled, I want to have intentionality, I want to have passion for what I do. Mm -hmm. But if you don't slow down and connect to who you are and figure out what that looks like, or what that may be for a career, it's going to be a little bit more challenging to find it. And you're going to be frustrated. So slow down. There's, I know it doesn't feel like there's enough time to do everything you want to do, but there is, and it'll give you also the opportunity to explore and take in new things that you may not have even thought of. Mm-hmm. So profound, so profound. And, and really, really important that, um, that you take the time for, for that introspection, really getting clear on who you are. And I think that's kind of ties into a little bit of what we talked about today, which is that a lot of the ways to, to deal with imposter syndrome and to, to cope with that is, you know, being your own self-advocate. And being able to honor the successes that you've had, and and realize this is in your is in in your best interest, and that you are growing. Um, and so I I love that. I think that that's um, extremely important. So as we close in on today, Andrea, I just wanted to um, just offer you the wave that our listeners can connect and follow you. We mentioned LinkedIn, um, so. Uh, are there other ways to follow your content and uh, connect with you? Yeah, LinkedIn is the best way. I am on Instagram, but I'm the most active on LinkedIn. Um, I also awesome. have a private community on LinkedIn um, for recent grads. It's called um, 
oh my gosh, I'm going to think, I forget the name, now to next, um, navigating the space between college and career. And it's really designed to help you make that successful um, transition as you go from college into your career. And so it's free. You can just find that, search it on LinkedIn and just gives you um, extra leg up to launch that first step into your career. Wow. I love the name. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I absolutely loved this particular discussion today. I think Andrea really came in and delivered so many important um, pieces of wisdom as it pertains to this subject and, uh, and so many great takeaways that this is, this is something that you can anticipate um, dealing with throughout the course of your career. But the, the major takeaway here is that you're continuing to grow um, once you're experiencing these things. And, and she provided such great ways to think about it, to honor your successes, and, and to normalize the process. And, and I love that. So I want to thank Andrea again for um, you know coming in today. And uh, it, it was just absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. And it's such a pleasure, honestly, an honor to be able to share and my wisdom and my experiences with your audience, with other people. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. Wonderful. So uh, we want to remind all of you guys that if you haven't already, follow us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, subscribe, leave us a comment, and then uh, follow us on our new page on Instagram at Your Career GPS Podcast. So this is Your Career GPS and your journey awaits.